across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. A mid-morning dance with the devil from the farmer of fury. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. This is an historic day amongst many historic days that we have had here at Talk Radio. Once again, we can report that we have a deal with the European Union. Boris Johnson, against all the odds, against what everybody said that he would do, that he was going for a no-deal Brexit on October the 31st, barristers were hired, entire law firms were corralled, People got together in the Supreme Court and tried to stop Boris Johnson from having a no-deal Brexit. Well, guess what? He's now got a deal with Brussels. Donald Tusk says it is an amicable deal. We've got Michel Barnier saying that they have a deal. They're going to put it to all 27 members of the European Union. And, of course, on Saturday, in an exclusively very, very different session of Parliament, the first this century on a Saturday, the MPs, that's you lot, are going to be voting on the deal. You lot have now got the fate of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland in your hands. You lot are now powered to do the job that you were entitled to do from the beginning. Three years ago, the people of this country voted to leave the European Union. That's 17.4 million people. I don't want to hear that you're not going to do it. I don't want to hear that you don't like the sound of it. I don't want to hear that you want a second referendum in order to make sure that you go along with it. This is what you wanted. This is what 17.4 million people wanted. Now, you've got to go and do your jobs, do it properly, do it Saturday. We'll be there on Talk Radio. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Do your jobs and get on with it. The human zoo, where they don't hide away the sick animals. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. On Talk Radio. show started at 10 o'clock, I said to Nigel Evans, what's the chances of us getting a deal before the end of the show? I didn't think it would come quite as quickly as it did in the first hour. So thank you, Boris Johnson. Thank you, Donald Tusk. Uh, thank you, all of you people in Europe, for making it happen on my show. Uh, Charlotte Ivers is here with us because uh, there are a few, I suppose, wrinkles, Charlotte, that we should explain uh, now that we have reached this uh, quite majestic point, uh, but it's not all done yet. Well, Mike, while you were just talking to Tom Brake just now, we had official confirmation come in, both from Downing Street and from the EU Commission. Mm. They're saying, yes, the rumours you've heard are correct. We have a deal done. But we also heard some slightly more concerning news, and that's that the DUP have said their statement from this morning still stands. They do not support this deal. So essentially, it looks like the PM's decided to go it alone without the DUP. OK. Well, it was interesting what uh, was said the other day. I reiterated that the DUP having been sort of usurped in a way by the 21 leavers from the Tory party, uh, having been having had the whip taken off them, meant the DUP wasn't as important. I'm sure that Boris would rather have them voting with him, but, but they're not as important to his government, as it were, because his government has such a minority now um, that another sort of 12 MPs doesn't make any difference. Well, I think that problem still remains. Yeah. Then if, if he doesn't have the DUP and if he doesn't have the ERG, frankly, even if he does have them, if he can't get a decent amount of those... Um, former Tories on side if he can't get a few Labour rebels on side. And at mm. the moment, that's looking pretty shaky. He's going to struggle to get it through Parliament. So it is worth stressing, even though it is happy days, we've got this deal, this is 
the first step yes. on quite a long slog until well, the end I think of Saturday. Yeah, what I think it's important to note, I presume, is that it's a better deal than the one that Theresa May was given. So by that uh, stance alone, then that may help him. It may also be that he's prepared to not have it voted through Parliament and he's prepared to take it all the way to an election if necessary because uh, the European Union will give him an extension if he wants one, won't they, now that he's got to deal with them? I think the word better is a difficult one there because for some people, definitely for the ERG, they're saying this is a lot better. We still don't know completely whether they're going to be able to stomach it, but they're certainly more on board. But on the Labour side, I'm hearing that quite a few of those Labour MPs who are sort of wavering they might come over to Theresa May, they've been in conversations with Downing Street and it doesn't seem to have gone quite as well. Mm. They seem a bit concerned that the government aren't making those concessions on workers' rights and that type of thing right. that Theresa but May is But we know that that's all a bit of a game, isn't it? I mean, we've just heard Tom Brake basically saying to me that he doesn't like the deal and everybody's against it in business when nobody's actually seen it yet. So quite where they get these ideas from is anybody's guess. I mean, we haven't seen it yet. What we have seen is a letter from Donald Tusk in which he calls it a very amicable deal uh, and that we should be joining hands with the European Union for many, many years to come. It's a very friendly letter, effectively. Quite. It's a very friendly letter, but the fact that we haven't seen it, there's also another group of people who haven't seen it, and that's the EU27. Right. Now, what happens now is that deal is going to be taken. It has to be translated into 27 languages. Then it has to be taken by all the EU ambassadors back to their capital cities. Mm. They have to look over it. Then we finally get to EU Council and they have to discuss it further there and we have to have all of those guys agree on the votes to it. So even before we get to Parliament, there's still this big hurdle that Boris Johnson has to overcome. OK, brilliant stuff. Charlotte, great story, great breaking news story. Uh, Charlotte Ivers there telling us that there is a deal, uh, it has now been done, and it was done, as Nigel Evans suggested it might be, during the course of the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Nigel, welcome back. We thought we'd better just get your reaction quickly. I didn't know you were going to make it work that fast. Well, I, I got off my knees after I uh, finished <laughs> praying, Mike, and uh, up came the news, breaking news, uh, that uh, Boris Don Johnson announced that the deal had been agreed. And uh, as you just heard uh, from your political uh, correspondent, uh, that people like uh, President Tusk has uh, issued a very, very warm letter, as has President Juncker as well, uh, who is now saying basically to the EU27, get on side. Uh, and I think that people who don't want... To, who, who actually want to stop Britain leaving the European Union are now running out of excuses. Uh, and this is actually make or break time now. Uh, we'll see the detail uh, of uh, the deal, I'm absolutely certain, very shortly. We'll then have the opportunity, hopefully, to discuss this on Saturday. But hopefully your listeners who want to bring all this thing to a stop now, they just want to get Britain out of the European Union on an agreed deal that is to the benefit of the UK and the EU, please get in touch with your members of Parliament and ask them to support the deal. Now, what about this business of the confirmatory referendum, as they keep calling it? Although I object to them using that phrase, because for me, to confirm something means to confirm something that's already been voted on. So for me, a confirmatory referendum is only on leave. It doesn't have remain in it. But you might have heard, or I'm not sure if you would have done, Tom Brake talking to me just a few moments ago, in which he basically said uh, that he's against the deal, even though he doesn't know what's in it. No, he's against the deal because the Lib Dems basically want to revoke Article 50. That yeah. is the decision that they have taken at their party conference. They want to basically, they, they say openly that they are the party of Remain. So anything that comes out of Tom Brake's mouth or Joe Swinson's mouth, absolutely forget. You've even got, of course, some of the former Tory MPs like Sarah Wollaston and Heidi Allen, who have joined the Liberal Democrats, 
uh, even though they stood on a ticket uh, only a couple of years ago, basically saying that they would deliver Brexit. That's what they, that was the platform, the manifesto that they fought the general election on. And now they've joined a party that openly wants to stop Brexit. Well, that is not democracy. I mean, they have to drop the word democratic from the Liberal Democrat, surely, uh, if, if, <laughs> if they're to be consistent and not to be taken to some sort of uh, trading tribunal, because it is absolutely appalling. Uh, and it's going to be critical. We've just heard from your political correspondent on the numbers. And if all these Labour MPs, who, when they thought it was impossible for Boris Johnson to get a deal, were saying, well, we can't leave unless the deal has been agreed, all of a sudden turn around and say, oh, no, no, it's not good, either, good enough, um, as we've just heard that uh, some of the voices coming from uh, those who said that they might come on and support the deal. Quite frankly, it, that is, will be seen for what it is. It's duplicitous. Uh, if a deal has now been agreed, if Juncker's on board, if Boris is on board, uh, then I think that that is important and they must be called out for what they are. And I have to say as well, uh, Mike, if you're looking for what the major difference is, you had Boris Johnson as prime minister. He led the, the Leave campaign during the referendum. You had Steve Barclay, there again, a Leave campaigner, Dominic Raab, a Leave campaigner. And these were the three secretaries of state who have helped negotiate this particular deal. So quite frankly, um, I believe that we've got a deal that the Leave, uh, the people who led the Leave campaign uh, have now uh, arranged. And therefore, as far as I am concerned, uh, that this should now be a deal that all MPs who are Democrats, who said that they would deliver the Brexit that people voted for, not only in the referendum, but also at the general election, then they really now have to support the deal. Exactly right. And the markets like it. The pound, believe it or not, Nigel, is at a three-month high. It's up 0.86%, 129 against the dollar, where it hasn't been for quite some time. Good grief. Uh, I mean, people were talking about parity to the dollar. I know. One dollar for one pound and all that sort of stuff. Well, this is absolutely amazing, amazing news. And the other thing, of course, getting Brexit done means that we can then have a period of political stability. Yes, there's lots more to be talking about over the next couple of years. There is the future trading relationship between us and the European Union, which we will want to get absolutely right too. But I think the, the most important thing is let's get Brexit done and let's bring that general election on in, in order for us then to go on to the next stages of uh, our future relationship, not just with the European Union, but also, of course, other countries around the world. Of course. Nigel, brilliant stuff. Thank you very much indeed. There is a deal. Uh, it is done uh, in Brussels. There's lots more to be done. But let's have a listen uh, to Jean-Claude Juncker uh, and his letter, because he, of course, has written in, his, in, a, in the same way that Donald Tusk has written, in a very friendly manner. Let's have a listen to this uh, via Alex Dibble. The negotiators reached an agreement on a revised protocol on Ireland, Northern Ireland and on a revised political declaration on the 17th of October 2019. Both were endorsed by the European Commission. The Prime Minister of the United Kingdom also signalled his approval of these documents to me today. Both texts are attached to this letter. I recommend that the European Council endorses the revised withdrawal agreement and political declaration at its forthcoming meeting. As I have indicated to you in the past, I believe it is high time to complete the withdrawal process and move on as swiftly as possible to the negotiation on the European Union's future partnership with the United Kingdom. Alex Dibble there revealing the contents of Jean-Claude Juncker's letter. Now, this first hour of the show would not be complete without checking in to make sure that we've got a deal uh, with the Brexit countdown clock. Of course, let's see where it is.
It's done. This is Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Let's talk to Alex Phillips from the Brexit Party. Hello, Alex. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, actually. I'm surprisingly chipper. I know that you're probably going to bring me down a few pegs and say, yeah, but hang on a minute, Mike, we don't know what the deal is. But everybody's been so focused on no deal, right? And I've said this from the beginning, that I think Boris Johnson was going to run some kind of interference and get some kind of deal. Now, yes, we don't yet know what it is. I've just had a go with uh, Thomas Brake uh, from the Lib Dems because he's already against it, even though he doesn't know what's in it. Um, but surely a deal is better than no deal, isn't it? Oh, I wish I could say that. I am going to bring you down, I'm afraid. I knew you basically, would. Yeah, because look, any legal text that's been drawn up, three hours in a Cheshire lodge where Wayne Rooney got married is not going to solve three years of political <laughs> deadlock and neither are three days Good of um, back-to-front meetings in Brussels. So um, the problem is, to be able to scrub together a legal text for any form of deal, it's pretty much the same thing Theresa May had with the backstop tinkered with and renamed. And the Brexit Party have never been a fan of that. Um, It is what I'd like to call remain minus. And I'll try and explain why. So I'm going to do it in four R's. Number one, Arthur reheated. Like I said, apart from the backstop, the main thrust of it is basically what Theresa May brought to Parliament three times and Boris himself called vassalage. The second R is for rigged. This new form of backstop, in theory, there's a vote in Stormont, so the, the Northern Ireland can get out of it. But it's rigged because the, the, the European Union want this done by majority voting, which means that essentially the DUP will be stitched up every single time they say, we want to stay part of the United Kingdom and their schedules and their interests rather than with Ireland and the EU. Are for railroaded. Now, you keep hearing this um, innocuous term called the level playing field. Well, what that means is whatever the EU decide in the future on environment, environmental policy, work policy, whatever it may be, we've got to copy. We've got to remain in step with them. Now, that sounds really nice and pleasant if people want to talk about workers' rights and this, that and the other. But actually, our standards already deviate from the EU. First of all, environmentally, we go one step further and we're a bit better than them. But when it comes to workers' rights, we're far more flexible in the workplace. We can work more hours if we want to. And actually being tied into an increasingly socialist methodology of running things and federal Europe is not a good thing. And the final R, here you go for number four, is reliant. The big issue with this is there's still no proper future political agreement. So we're going to enter a transition period if this deal is passed where we don't know what we're transitioning to. Without the future trade deal agreed and negotiated, we're essentially leaving Never Never Land to go into no man's land. And we'd be reliant on the EU and trusting the EU in good faith to give us a very good trade deal, which would be in our interests as well as theirs, or we're stuck in this no man's land forever. Well, I'm going to give you you a fifth R, okay, which is rewind back to the beginning, because here's what I'm going to tell you. How do you know so much about what's in the deal? Are you supposing what's in the deal, or do you really know? Um, okay, so first of all, am I supposing what's in the deal? Yes, but what, why, why do I think I know what's in there? So you don't know? At the start of, no, from what I said at the start of the interview, and this is um, very clear, that for any sort of sensible legal text to be drawn up, it was on the basis of what is already legally agreed, the precedent which was agreed by Theresa May and Ollie Robbins. There you go. There's the other hidden six R, Robbins for Ollie Robbins. So <laughs> we could keep this going all day. In that, respect, in that respect, the way things are done over here, it is the withdrawal agreement tweaked, and there were big flaws in the initial withdrawal agreement that I think I've just tried to lay out.
Yes, no, I've got all that, but I had the same argument with Tom Brake, so I feel as if I should have it in the, in the interest of balance with you, because I criticised him for saying that he was against the deal, having not seen it, uh, and I can only do uh, say the same thing to you, really, because that, surely... That's spot on, yeah. No, no and, I, and I appreciate, I appreciate that you're, you're making an educated guess, which is better than, than his approach to it, um, and you may well turn out to be correct. However... I would say, and I have been saying this for the last couple of weeks, as it's occurred to me, you know, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a great supporter of Nigel Farage. I think what he's done for this country has been remarkable. I think the fact that we are even at this point is largely down to him as a single individual and a politician who has been most successful, probably, of all politicians over the last 20 years. However, I think at some point you have to say, let's look at what we can achieve. Let's look at where we can be and where we can go. And frankly, it seems to me that the dial has shifted to such an extent because people have been waiting so long that actually getting out in some way, shape or form, which can then be changed and altered later on, is better than not getting out at all and sticking where we are. I totally agree with you on that. Actually, the text has just come out this second. Yeah. My, uh, my press officer has just pushed a piece of paper across the desk to let me know that. So we can all go away and bury ourselves <laughs> in the mountains of paperwork and pick it apart. But no, I agree with you. Actually, getting out from a position where we can hopefully increase divergence is absolutely fundamental. But like I was saying, the difficulty with this innocuous sounding level playing field is it legally binds us. Remember that this withdrawal agreement is an international treaty. So it legally binds us for futurity with no escape from the things therein. And one of the things that's been agreed on that we know about, that's been publicly said by both sides, is a commitment to the level playing mm. field, which means that for futurity, the UK is going to be beholden to whatever the EU decides is the way that the EU should run. We're going to have to mirror it. And that, for me, is the biggest problem. If I felt that this was a starting point, and it wasn't an international yeah. treaty, it was a basic divorce agreement, we pay you some money, and from now on, this is how we're going to go about things. But look, hey, there's prob probability for future divergence. I could stomach it. I could live with it. But the difficulty is it's a legal... They're talking about legal text. It is an international treaty. This is a done and dusted document. That then goes into the annals of history and we have to live by it. Yeah, but we've been dealing with these legal, legal uh, activities for the best part of the last three years and I don't think one of them um, has not been broken without uh, really any kind of problem whatsoever. And so, as far as I'm concerned, I would rather see you guys helping this to happen rather than hindering it because I think the great British public have now got to the point where they want our politicians of this country and in Europe to just do something. And if you yeah. manage to, to be part of the blocking of this bill from going through, of this deal from happening, I don't think they'll forgive you lot either. Well, I agree. Look, I agree with you then. We've been helping from the beginning. I mean, if it wasn't for the presence of Nigel Farage and, and, and the Brexiteers on his side of things, I don't think we'd have had a referendum. And we've argu arguably kept Conservative feet to the fire. If it wasn't for the Brexit party, I'm fairly certain Theresa May would be Prime Minister and a hopeless withdrawal agreement that failed to pass through Parliament three times would be in place and would be locked in a you know, satellite state of the EU for futurity. Mm. But what I'm saying is this. We can't say Brexit at any cost. We can't turn around and say, yes, good, it's been so frustrating, we finally got there, but then realise that what we've bought into is a worse form of membership, a form of membership where there's not even a seat at the table, and yet we're having to live under EU laws still. Yeah, but you're looking but at it from a worst-case scenario, right, which I'm not sure it's going to be. Um, you know, you've said you've just got the text there. I don't suppose you can have a quick glance at it and see if there's <laughs> anything you can pull out of it. But, you know, I haven't... I've got the message on the table saying the text exists. I haven't pulled <laughs> oh, okay. it out yet, but no, we do need to go away and read right. that for sure. Well, maybe we need to get you back on in a couple of hours' time. But the, the bottom line is, though, 
for me. Um, you know, I've been urging people to be positive. I've been urging people to be um, optimistic about the future. There's a great many things that Britain is great at and great many things that we will be even better at once we're out of the European Union. And I just think it's time now to stop shilly-shallying, to stop messing about and to just get out. I agree. No, I agree with you 100%. And like Except you, I, you're going I to stop it, think, though. Uh, no. Well, no, look, we, I don't have any position to stop it, remember. I'm, a, I'm an MEP in the Europe. Actually, I do. I can vote against it in the European Parliament. But, um, but no, look, what I'm saying is this, and, and I, I'm a pragmatist. I'm an optimist, absolutely. And like, like you say, there's so much that Britain can do once we're outside of this place. Mm. That is my fundamental reason for being a Brexiteer. But the problem is, if, and I haven't read the legal text yet, but it's on a very sort of educated basis I'm making this, uh, putting out this warning, if the withdrawal agreement stops us from doing all these, those things we want to do as an independent nation, and actually there's not even an exit clause, like at least there supposedly is for leaving the European Union, then we're out of the frying pan and into the fire, basically. So what I'm saying is this. We have to be mindful of what is in that because it's an international treaty. And as soon as I heard the term level, level playing field, the hairs on the back of my neck went up because I thought this is basically being a rule taker from the EU, mm. and that is not what I voted Brexit for. OK, well, let's see. What happens to you guys now? Because presumably part of the deal will be that you retreat from Brussels as MEPs, don't you? Well, I, it's, if it gets passed in Parliament, if finally we leave as um, a member state of the EU, then, yeah, I'm out of a job, which is what I've been hoping to be now for three months. Um, <laughs> and if, so it, know, but, you know. if it comes to it, and will you be asked as MEPs to vote on this? Yeah. No, it is. So, so actually, even if the deal gets through, we're going to, I think what I understand is there'll be some sort of indicative vote in Parliament on Saturday because the legal text hasn't been fully processed or analysed. So being able to 100% vote it down in the Commons and be scrutinised in the Lords and all of that passage, I think is unlikely before the 31st of October. But even when all of that is done, it then has to bounce back for the final seal of approval from the Brussels side of things in the European Parliament. And this is where things could get interesting, because previously, nation states have been very able to whip their MEPs inside the European Parliament. But in the latest European elections, 60% of that European Parliament are brand new MEPs. And believe me, when I sit in that chamber week in, week out, they don't want us to leave. So let's see if, if this deal traverses the House of Commons and the Lords and gets signed off on the British side, whether it can then be signed off by the European Parliament here, because with the likes of Guy Verhofstadt leading, being the voice for the European Parliament in these negotiations, remember, who is an ardent federalist, who makes it very clear he wants to stop Brexit, there are still many more hurdles to go. And, what, and if it does come back to you for a vote, and the Parliament here has passed it, what will the Brexit Party's policy be? Well, you're asking me to decide when I haven't read it yet, so I, I can't tell well, you. Well, I'm sorry, I mistook you, you, you for a Liberal Democrat there for a minute. Sorry about that. Most, most insulting. <laughs> Alex, thank you very much indeed. Alex Phillips, Brexit Party MEP for South East England. She doesn't say uh, that she's overwhelmed and very, very excited by this deal. She's assuming that it's not going to be all that good. I don't think she should assume that. I think you should assume that it's a lot better than the Theresa May deal. I, sh I think you should also assume that the DUP will come on board as soon as they're given enough money to come on board. I don't mean that in any kind of corrupt way. It's just that they'll be looking for some kind of concessions. They always do. They're always looking to be uh, rewarded for their loyalty. And I'm sure that once that deal is done, they will come on board. It's entirely possible, you know, that on Saturday, the deal will go through the House of Commons. There might be enough Labour MPs who uh, give up on Jeremy Corbyn and his hopeless policy of telling them that they will lose the whip if they vote with their constituents who voted massively to leave in Northern Labour constituencies. This is Mike Graham. This is Talk Radio. It's the Independent Republic. It's the only place to be. Uh, stay here. 
The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Let's talk to Jim Fitzpatrick, Labour MP for Poplar and Limehouse. Not a million miles from Canning Town, Jim, this morning. That was a bit of a turn-up for the book, wasn't it? Uh, it was um, very frustrating for all of us trying to get in from East London. Both the Dutton's Belt Railway and the Jubilee Line were both blockaded. So um, it was a very difficult morning for people trying to get to work, go to school, got to hospital appointments. So um, I, I obviously don't condone the violence. That's just uh, not appropriate. Uh, and I'll, I respect Extinction Rebellion's right to demonstrate peacefully uh, but when, when they annoy people at that, then obviously tempers will fray and boil over, and uh, it's very sad to see it. Yeah, it is sad to see it, but maybe they'll take a leaf uh, out of the book of sense and realise that actually that's not the sort of behaviour that should be advisable to them, and maybe now they can call a halt to the end of this two-week sort of occupation, if you like, of London, because we don't want them here anymore. Well, um, obviously, uh, a lot of young people in particular, although there are a lot of oldies getting arrested as well, feel very passionate. And climate change and the, the risk of the planet is one of the biggest issues, if not the biggest one, um, that we have to face. So I understand why people are so passionate about it, but it is about getting the balance right. It is about demonstrating peacefully, lawfully, um, but allowing others to get on with their own business um, so that they can listen to the, the argument, listen to the lobbying, read the literature and, and make their own mind up, both in terms of personal lifestyle and political choices. Mm. So uh, in that instance, there is a point to be made, but there is also a way to make the point, I think. No, I think you're absolutely right, Jim. Before we go on and talk about the Brexit deal, let's hear what Jeremy Corbyn has to say uh, about what the deal is. From what we've read of this deal, it doesn't meet uh, our demands or our expectations. It uh, creates a border down the Irish Sea between uh, Britain and Northern Ireland, and it leads once again to a race to the bottom in rights and protections for British citizens and the danger, I beg your pardon, sorry, it, uh, a danger of the sell-off of our national assets to American companies. Could you vote for it if a confirmatory referendum was attached to it? Uh, we are... A, unhappy with this deal and as it stands we'll vote against it though obviously we need to see all of the last details of it so once again i'm afraid jim um corbyn appears to be all over the place because pre previously they've said they wanted to have a, a referendum attached to it now he's saying he doesn't want a referendum attached to it he's just going to vote against it what's your take on it well i, I haven't seen the deal um neither so i haven't i haven't got the i haven't seen the details yet but obviously the fact that the eu um have signed off uh, with the Prime Minister, the deal means that Ireland are happy with it. So the Irish dimension, which was the biggest stumbling block, at least part of those objections have been, have been dealt with. But uh, the DUP are still a big stumbling block for the Prime Minister. Um, Labour, um, I think, is captured um, either by its conference policy, which is uh, looking both ways, um, or as Jeremy says, uh, the pressure on a confirmatory referendum to be attached to it. And there were people on the Labour benches, um, as there are in other parties, the SNP, Lib Dems, who don't, uh, you know, don't respect Brexit and they will do everything to block it. So it doesn't matter what kind of deal the government comes back with, there are people in Parliament who just won't vote for it. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? Now, Boris Johnson has told uh, the EU and the negotiators over there that he believes he's got the numbers. Do you think he can get the numbers without the DUP? Because there might be enough Labour voters, uh, Labour uh, MPs rather, uh, who will go along with it. Well, there are, there are a number of Labour MPs who, who are sympathetic towards getting a deal. We've got the group MPs for a deal, and um, 19 Labour MPs last week signed a letter to 
the European Commission saying we want a deal. Um, many of them are under quite a lot of pressure. Um, Labour commentators and the media are uh, calling for their expulsion if they, if they vote for the deal. Um, I'm not sure how the numbers pan out yet because the, the Prime Minister has got to get the vast majority of the 21 Conservatives he expelled from the, his party when they voted against him last time. Uh, he's got to persuade others in the House who are now sitting as independents. As you say, he's got, he's got Labour MPs on side. Um, whether he can withstand losing the DUP, those, those number-crunching efforts will be going on all over the place today, tomorrow, and, and, the, and approach to Saturday. And what about people like yourself, Jim, and Lisa Nandy and others? I mean, she said to me in the past that she would vote for a deal, uh, that yeah. she uh, was sorry she hadn't voted for Theresa May's deal. She's also yeah. got a constituency which voted 70% to leave, so it's in her personal interest to vote for the deal, isn't it? Well, um, obviously, every single MP is approaching this um, on the basis of what they think is in the best interest of the country. Uh, only five of us voted for Prime Minister's May's deal on the 29th of March, and several have subsequently said they wish they had yes. joined us and voted uh, for it. So those five, if they hold um, the same view, um, once they get a chance to see Prime Minister Johnson's deal, um, and if several others come forward, then there could be between 10 and 20 Labour MPs who might vote for the deal. There might be some who will abstain, which obviously will impact on, on the numbers. But the Prime Minister really has got to get all of his support lined up to be able to, to persuade Labour MPs that actually this could be the end of this phase. Because remember, this is only the threshold withdrawal agreement. There are going to be several years of detailed negotiations for all of the aspects, but it's about getting this part over the, over the line um, so that we can move on. And I think that's what most people in the country want to see. Well, I'm going to say this to you now, Jim. I think those who are against leaving the European Union are now looking sort of worse than useless, you know, sort of chocolate fire guard style, because nobody's <laughs> interested in what they've got to say. They've lost. Um, you know, the, the levers have won. Um, what, would you, what would your message be to people like that, to the Lib Dems, to, to people in the Tory and the Labour Party who are banging on about trying to stay in? I, I wouldn't, um, I, I wouldn't criticise colleagues for the views that they sincerely and genuine, uh, genuinely hold, Mike. People... Uh, the vast majority of uh, MPs are approaching this with, uh, with a lot of concern, a lot of uh, stress, a lot of uh, heart-searching, soul-seeking. Um, this is a very difficult decision for MPs all over the place. Um, people will arrive at a position which, in their conscience, they think is the right one to do. Um, the, the tempers boiling over in the Commons two weeks ago was a manifestation of of the frustration um, that people are feeling here, um, and much as we were discussing earlier on about the violence uh, at Canning Town Station, temples get prayed and people do and say things that, you know, in a normal circumstances they wouldn't, um, but I wouldn't criticise them for holding sincere views. I just hope that uh, we can get this deal over the line and that the country can move on because we need that con we need that consistency. We need that certainty to allow business to do its job. Yes, for the but what we, but what we also need, Jim, and I appreciate you don't want to criticise colleagues, but what we also need is for these people to stop wasting parliamentary time, stop wasting time in the courts, stop chasing effectively shadows, and accept that that that, that we're leaving. It's as simple as that, really. 
No, and, and, and I accept that. I understand that. And it's a point of view which I hold myself. But for some people, every delay that they can uh, introduce into the system, every um, uh, way that they can prevent Brexit from actually happening, strengthens the prospect that they can actually derail Brexit and, and prevent it uh, entirely. So, um, and you can see the, uh, the way that uh, public opinion and political opinion moves about whether to support a second uh, referendum, a confirmatory vote, and whether that's a way out of it. Sometimes that's got a, a lot of support. And so far in Parliament, no proposition has ever commanded a majority of support. So if, if Prime Minister Johnson does get this over the line, then that will be the first time Parliament's agreed on anything to do with Brexit since uh, supporting revoking Article 50 two years ago. Absolutely right, Jim. Thanks very much indeed. I know you've got to run. Appreciate your time. Jim Fitzpatrick, Labour MP, voted for Theresa May's deal. We'll probably vote for Boris Johnson's deal now. Here's one from Stevie, uh, who's tweeted, Well, 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 after all the hand-wringing, name-calling and absolute deceit from Ramona MPs over Brexit in recent weeks, it turns out Boris Johnson was the most honest and truthful of the lot. Well, who knew that that was going to happen? I'll tell you who knew. I knew, because I was the one that told you that it was going to happen. I said it was going to be a deal, uh, and nobody believed me. Isn't that amazing? Uh, Charlotte Ivers is back uh, with more news. Talk Radio's political uh, correspondent. What have you got, Charlotte? Well, Mike, I've got two bits of breaking news for you. Firstly, Nigel Farage, the world has turned on its head. Right. He now is saying he will back an extension and a general election rather than Boris Johnson's deal. Clearly, he thinks that this deal is not good enough to win over those hardcore Brexit voters, and mm. he would do pretty well in a general election. Okay. But fundamentally, he's not an MP. He doesn't have any MPs, so his voice doesn't matter that well, much we heard on Alex that Phillip, Yeah, day. we heard Alex Phillips saying earlier that she wasn't sure because she hadn't yet seen the context or, or the content of the deal. Uh, now that I guess they've had a chance to look at it, they are saying they don't like it because it doesn't go far enough. Quite, and we've also got some pretty interesting stuff coming out of Downing Street. Um, the Prime Minister has said via a source that he will not be asking EU leaders tonight to for an extension. He will not accept one if it is offered. He's going to ask them explicitly, do not request this. Obviously, that goes against the Ben Act, but clearly he thinks he's riding this wave. He wants to be able to turn around to Parliament on Saturday and say... This is it. This right. is deal or no deal. Well, the Ben Act was was based upon um, uh, only being kicked into sort of um, action if there was no deal. So if the fact that there is a deal presumably puts the Ben Act on the back burner, doesn't it? But crucially, the deal has to pass as well. All oh, right, so comments. they have to get a deal. So they can actually defeat their own deal uh, and then ask him to go and get an extension. Exactly. Madness, isn't it? Absolutely crazy. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, let's take some calls. 0344 499 1000 is the number uh, because we are here, of course, until one o'clock. Matthew Wright takes over then. We will be also, don't forget, inside the tent on Saturday, the first time we've broadcast on a Saturday uh, from Westminster because, of course, uh, talk radio wants to be where history is being made. We are the only radio station in the land who will be down there reporting live throughout the day, of course, kicking off at 10 o'clock with the Independent Republican Mike Graham on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Matthew Wright coming up after the news at one o'clock. It will come as no surprise to most of you, of course, that Joe Swinson uh, isn't too keen on the deal either. Let's have a listen to what the Lib Dem leader uh, had to say earlier. 
clearly this is a, a deal which is much worse than Theresa May's deal and you know, Liberal Democrats have a very uh, united and consistent position of, of voting against Theresa May's deal and this is an even harder Brexit that would cost more jobs. So you know, Liberal Democrats are the, the strongest and the biggest party of Remain. We are determined to make sure that the public can have that final say. No, you're not the biggest party of Remain. Uh, you are a party that doesn't believe in leaving the European Union. Remain is no longer a word. I've already banned it from the English language. You cannot use it anymore because we're leaving. It's as simple as that. Forget being the party of Remain. You don't have any impact to say that. You don't have any support to say it. And we are leaving the European Union by hook or by crook. I don't know what you're going to do then. If I was Joe Swinson, uh, I'd go and get a job in the city or something. 0344 499 1000. Let's go down to Westminster live now with Ollie Cole, Talk Radio's reporter who's down there. Ollie, very good uh, afternoon to you. Hello. Well, uh, in, in another historic move, Mike, you'll be glad to uh, you'll be glad to hear that the rain has actually stopped falling. Thank goodness for that, because so I've got to leave nice. the office soon. I've got to walk all the way back to my car, which is parked in a nearby garage, uh, because I couldn't come in on the tube today. Oh yes, did, did you get held up at the uh, the Canning Town bunch? Was well, it? no, the Jubilee line just stopped running, so I decided to drive in. You know, <laughs> oh, so God. much for saving the planet with these planks. But tell us uh, what's going on down there, because it must be quite an exciting day. Yeah, so currently uh, we've got MPs in the chamber uh, looking at that business motion and looking at the motion for the Saturday sitting a little bit later on as well. Uh, of course, whether we vote on Saturday will now be up to MPs uh, depending on how they vote in that motion. Although I expect that they will vote for it. Uh, so um, so we're, we're looking to that, uh, that Saturday uh, in Parliament and that will be big because the deal will be put forward and then it'll all be down to whether Boris Johnson has those numbers in Parliament to get his deal through. And we will be there, of course, uh, on Saturday as well. What are you hearing about which way people are going? So, we've had the DUP this morning. They came out very early this morning and said uh, that they are against the deal and, and won't vote for it. There's some concerns about VAT uh, on that. And once the deal was announced, the DUP basically said, our earlier statement still stands. Right. So we're not expecting the DUP to support the government in this case. Are you, not expecting them to, way, are you not expecting them to move, though? Because they're not talking much now today since the deal has been announced. I mean, they're not really putting anybody up to, to, to talk to. They're not really willing to converse with journalists at the moment. So that tells me that they might actually move on this. Look, they could move, and yesterday it was reported that there were some private splits in the DUP, yes, another party splitting, uh, over whether to back the deal. Uh, in public, they've always put on a united front, but we might see a few votes uh, either way from them. Uh, at present, that position is that they're not backing the deal, but the next couple of days they will, of course, be looking over it. Uh, then, of course, we've got the ERG. That's an of numbers. Now, all through this process, the ERG have kind of been led slightly by which way the DUP are going. This morning, though, we've heard some top ERG MPs, uh, the Eurosceptics, moving away from that and, uh, and deciding, actually, this is a deal that we can support. So, potentially, Boris Johnson has all of his Conservative MPs on board for that deal. But, of course, he doesn't have a majority in the Commons at present. So, the eyes will be on the DUP and also that group of independents, uh, those 22, 25 or so MPs who've walked away from the Conservative Party uh, previously over Brexit, but they might come back and support a deal. Of course, all they wanted to do was stop no deal. If they can back a deal, which will be the case on Saturday, they might uh, come across and we might see it. It's going to be a very, very tight vote. He needs 318 votes in Parliament to be certain of a majority. 
and that means he's going to need those independents on board, possibly some movement from some Labour MPs as well, although Labour as a party have said that they won't back the deal. And then it'll be up to the DUP again, and, and, and we'll have to see which way they vote too. OK, Ollie, thanks very much indeed. Ollie Cole will be with us on Saturday down in Westminster, of course, in the tent. We'll be bringing you everything as it happens live in the chamber and, of course, with the usual host uh, of experts, of MPs, of politicians of all kinds, of all hues, of all parties. They'll all be talking to us, Talk Radio, at uh, College Green on Saturday from 10 o'clock. You don't want to miss that. Book it in now. Whatever you're doing on Saturday morning, cancel it. Listen to us instead. Uh, we're going to talk to Simon in a moment. Let's just have a listen to Michael Gove, though, speaking to Sky News about how great the deal is. Did you only get a deal by throwing the DUP under a bus? That's how they feel this morning. Absolutely not. This is a great deal. It means that we take back control of our money, our border and our laws. It honours the referendum mandate. And it also means that the United Kingdom leaves the European Union as one nation, whole and entire. And it means that we are one customs territory, that we can do free trade agreements with other countries, and that all of the UK, including Northern Ireland, can benefit from those deals. Simon in Orpington. Let's see what he has to say. Simon, a very Hello. good, uh, very good afternoon to you. What do you reckon? Mike, good to speak with you. Right, I can see why um, reasonable people on both sides are pleased an agreement has been reached. Yeah. Um, so I can understand that. And based on what your guest, two guest backs were saying, it's definitely better than or superior than Mrs May's deal. Yeah. Because we can go about actually doing these deals, uh, new trade deals, and getting those ratified. I think an issue, though, and I understand a lot of people are suffering Brexit fatigue, and I would be one of them, but... We've got to understand it's only a withdrawal agreement. It's the manner in which we leave. Really, all it is is a transition period. So we leave in name, but we're still sort of acting as if we're there. Right. The destination... Now, do you remember what I said the other day? I said that we will probably be redefining the word leave, which is kind of what's going to happen. I think so, yeah. But I think, here's a confusion, I think the political declaration is where we want to end up, which is a free trade agreement. Um... But the EU aren't going to have that incentive to give us a free trade agreement because while we're in transition, we're paying into them. We're still fairly closely aligned in many areas, so we, we can't sort of make use of our competitive advantage. I don't think the second, ref second referendum lot will ever go away. No, they won't. They will never we give up, will leave. They? So, Mike, this isn't, I'm, I'm afraid to say, I wish it was the end of it. Um, I really do, but I don't think this is the end of it at all. Oh, We've no, got... I don't. I'm not, I mean, I'm not happy because this is the end. I'm happy because this is the beginning of the next phase. And that's where I'm sort of encouraged because I've wanted to get here for a long time and we have sh and we should have got here a long time ago. And now we are here. Of course, it's going to take a bit longer to actually leave and be completely detached. But that's fine with me. Yeah, fine. No, I understand that. But what I'm saying is you, we might have a little bit of a respite for a year, year and a half. Then it starts over again, because once you get that free trade agreement, that's the point we have actually left. And the second referendum is off the table. Um, so until we've got to that point, I think we're just delaying it. Yes, I think I, you I may really, well be right. I really think we're actually causing us more problems. The issue isn't Brexit. The issue is Parliament. So I'm with Farage to say, actually... Let's have an election. First things first, let's have an election. We've waited three and a half years to have Brexit. We can wait three and no. three quarters. No. And have an, but, but if we no. have an election, because what the problem is, Mike, is Brexit has shown up for people like the Yvette Coopers yes. and Lee Sanders. It's shown up what they really think of us. Yeah. 
I so agree. they need they need justice served at the ballot box, and then we go with Brexit. Because at the moment, they'll people will sort of you know dangerous. They'll forget people will forget about things, and they'll cling on to their seats. Right, absolutely, Simon. Listen, I've got to let you go because we're eating into the time for the news and the time for Matthew Wright is coming up at one o'clock. We'll be back tomorrow at ten, of course, uh, and we'll be back on Saturday in the tent inside Westminster, inside the sacred grounds of College Green, to bring you everything as it happens live right here for the first time this century sitting on Saturday from the Talk Radio 10. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.